and um, you know, he's got just just great comedy out there. He's, I'd say he's definitely one of the better comedians that's out there right now that's doing it. You should definitely listen to him. Matter of fact, really all four of the guys that were on that podcast are really just some of the better comedians that are out there doing it right now. Um, and so, Bert, if, you, if you've ever listened to the, to the Bert cast, which is Bert Kreischer's podcast, what they do, what he does... To my knowledge, every single time, certainly seems like every single time if it's not, but what he does is he'll go and um, get set up with whoever his guest is, and they start their conversation, but they're having cocktails while they have their little podcast conversation, and I mean, they, they get hammered, you know, during the podcast. Um, the podcast could happen during the daytime, they could be at nighttime, it could be whenever. The The point is just they're drinking any time. And then also Bert will tell you that any given time that he's going on the road, uh, or if he's doing shows at night, you know, he'll have a few cocktails afterwards with some people, um, you know, and... Uh, at the end of his shows, just because that's that's his persona, that's what he is. He's, you know, I mean, I, th- I think that, what was it, was it Rolling Stone Magazine had him, like, the the number one partier, like, in America or something like that, number one, okay, like, you know, frat boy from Florida State, getting hammered all the time, you know, he's, like I said, big party guy, whatever, and he lives that persona. Wow, excuse me, what the heck? Um, and so... Basically, again, the the big the biggest thing is, he. Everything about him is you know is having a good time, is is having fun, is drinking and everything, yada yada yada, like all that all that kind of stuff, and um, he's he seems like a, he seems like a really cool guy, you know. I want to I want to start that off by saying this. This is like this is me talking about. Uh, just to people with an alcohol problem in, the, in general. This is not me just here to shit on Burt Kreischer because I think I love Burt Kreischer. I think he's hilarious. I, I love listening to his stuff. If this ever got to him and was to a point where he was offended by it, I would feel terrible because I don't. I don't want this to be a shot at him because I think he's a great guy. You know, he's out there. He's doing every. He's doing what he can and, and what he does to take care of his family, provide for his family, and he's having fun while he's doing it. And you can't knock a guy for that. You you just can't. But sort of what makes me think of this is while they were doing this podcast, while they were doing this Joe Rogan podcast, Bert was saying that he does not have a drinking problem. And that sort of they were they were talking about the I don't know, the the limits or stipulations of whatever about uh you know, how much do you drink and stuff, and, you know, I just think there's a line for certain stuff, there's, there's a line for certain things that you can say and you can get away with, especially if you're talking about, about, like, an alcohol issue, and, like, I'm sorry, like, in my mind, you know, I don't, I don't know Bert personally, 
And if I've been around him personally and while he's out there getting hammered, stuff like that, maybe it's a different situation. You know, maybe it is different because all that I'm ever getting from Bert is what he puts out. What he puts out there is all that I ever see of him. And so maybe, you know, there's a chance that it's not, it's not all the time like it seems like it is. But right now it seems like it is all the time with him. That It's drinking all the time. And people that are like that, I don't think there's a way around saying... You, how do you, how could you not have an alcohol problem? How could you not have a drinking problem? Maybe you're not heavy into it with alcoholism, you know, the worst side of it, where your body literally needs it to survive or else you'll die. Like, you know, what happened with the guy from True Blood, you know, the, the black guy, the, the gay dude? I mean, that was what happened to him. He tried to quit drinking and it killed him because he had alcoholism. His body was literally fueling itself off of that, and it, it killed him. He was so addicted to it. He had to have it. So when he tried to get off, when he tried to get clean, he killed him. And so, like, when I think about it, you know, I, it obviously, again, he, I only see what he puts out, but just what he puts out leads me to believe that, you know, maybe this guy might have a drinking problem. And so, like, when I think about it, the the way that you put it into perspective and stuff like that, it's, you know, to me, it's like, what what's your tolerance? What what can you do? What can you put up with? What, you know, how, how does it go? How often are you drinking? And stuff like that. And, you know, a person, in my mind, who's going out, is having a good time on the weekends, you know, like... Like, yeah, like, it's given the week, you got to go do your thing, go to work, you, work, you know, you figure your regular life out, you know, stuff like that. You know, no big deal. That's not a problem. Oh my gosh, what the heck? It only happens when I talk. I hate this. Um, Not a big deal. But, and you know, you want to go out and have fun on the weekends, you know, that's that's all cool. People like to party, people like to have a good time. Alcohol is usually a part of that. That's do what you do, man. I can't knock you for that. But it's like, when it's like almost every single day, when it's a majority of the week, that's when I think feel like you got to start looking into it. When it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, maybe, maybe like, no, nah, I'm not even going to say Monday. I'll just say Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. When it's four days out of a, out of a seven day week, maybe you got to look into it having a problem. Especially when we're in a scenario where you've got where you've got guests over at any given time and you're drinking with those guests no matter what time of the day that it's in you know no matter what time of the day that it's in you're drinking like that's not good man you've got to i'm sorry like maybe again you're not heavy into it with alcoholism but you've got a, a drinking problem if you're drinking that much if you're getting drunk that much if you have like a cocktail or something like that with a meal like personally if you're gonna if you're going out for lunch in the middle of the day or something, I don't see anything wrong with going out for lunch, middle of the day, having a beer or a cocktail or something like that with your meal and then going back in for the re rest regular day for the rest of your day. I don't see anything wrong with that because the average person can handle that. The food soaks it up, the alcohol's not affecting you in any kind of way. It was just a cocktail with your meal, you know, you're just having having taking taking a little bit of a break, taking it easy on your break and stuff like that. I don't see anything wrong with that. But we're talking, I mean, getting drunk. Like if, you, if there's, if like, 
if you're if you're not in school anymore, in, in my mind personally, if you're over 25 and you're day drinking to the point where you're hammered and it's like one o'clock in the afternoon, you've got a problem. And especially if that's a regular occurrence. And also, I want to say you, you've got a problem if you're drinking and you're getting hammered. When I was talking about Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, one of those days is during the week. It's it may be late at night when you're going out and doing stuff, but one of those things is during the week. But if you're getting hammered like that four days in a row, staying smashed all weekend, and you know Thursday, you're starting off Thursday, Thursday, and you're over 25, like you've got a problem. It's not just about being a young kid out partying with your friends and stuff like that. It's like, man, come on. Like, you're supposed to be an adult now, dude. Like, f come on, man. Figure this out. Like, start. Like, come on. Put, put it, bring it together real quick. This is getting a little ridiculous. That's what it makes me think of, personally. That's, that's how I feel about it. Because, like, if you, you, there's a difference between being in college, dicking around when you've got nothing to do, and you're, you're day drinking with your friends, you wake up at 9 and you start drinking at 10 o'clock or whatever, just hanging out all day, or if you're tailgating on a Saturday, um, and, you know, you start drinking as soon as you get there at 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning and the game doesn't start until 4, that's different. You know, just standing out there getting shit-faced all day, that is 100% a different scenario. But... You know, I don't, we, we, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to act like for a second, dude. If you're, if you're over the age of 25 and you're just out getting shit-faced every weekend and sometimes during the week, just on any given day, like, man, you might have a problem. And it's the, and the biggest thing is, the biggest thing that personally I think you could see it in is if you bring it up. And somebody try if somebody tries to normalize it like it's not that big of a deal. Like you trying to normalize how much you drink, that's the first sign of you having a, a problem because that's like denial. You know, that's that's you taking a fact about how much you're into this, and you're saying, well, no, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I can handle it. It's not that it's. It isn't doing that much damage, you know, it doesn't affect me that much. This is just a regular day. I don't even feel this. That's not good. And that's sort of to fall in with that when people say, like, that's not even a lot for me, man. Like that I don't I don't even feel that. Like that's not even really drinking. That's just as bad. Like if you're doing seven if you're do, taking six drinks, if you're drinking six, seven drinks, five drinks, whatever, and you're saying well, that's, I'm not even really drinking. Like, I'm not getting drunk. Like, I've just had six drinks. Like, that's not drinking. Like, yeah, it is, dude. Six drinks, six beers, six cocktails. That's enough to fuck anybody up. Like, the sign that your tolerance is has been, the bar has been moved up that high, that's a bad sign too, man. Like, that's a sign that you've been drinking consistently for a really, really, really long time. That's not good. Like, that's not a good thing. I'm not saying, like, if you're the type of person that, like, goes out and drinks one beer and is just hammered, like, that's a rare case. You know, nobody's like that. I want to say the average person could probably handle at least a couple, at least a couple of drinks before they start to feel it. But if you're trying to tell me that you're the type of person that can have six beers, six cocktails, whatever, and it doesn't hit your system, 
Like, that's because your system has adjusted for heavy intake. And heavy intake is not a good sign, man. Like, I'm sorry. That you're, you're, again, you're trying to normalize that by saying that this is not a big deal for me. I can take way more than this before I start to feel it. That's, it's okay to say that, but that doesn't mean, that, that doesn't justify it. If anything, that makes it worse, because that's extra proof that you're not doing good. You know what I mean? So... I just feel like there's uh, like there's sort of a line you've got to draw. Like we got you got to be honest with yourself, man. Like don't don't try to make it seem like it's okay to me. Like cuz cuz that's the biggest problem is that when you've got to start when people are asking you about it and you start explaining it your you have to explain it to to them like I have this much but it's for you know like you say a but like right, there's a but something right after you say how much like you're explaining for yourself you don't owe an explanation to them to the person you don't owe an exp unless somebody is confronting you and saying you've got a problem if it's just conversation and they ask you about it and you say something and there's a but something you say an amount and there's a but something right after it you're explaining for yourself you're giving the explanation for yourself because you don't you don't want it to seem like to yourself like you're saying, wow, like maybe that's maybe that is a lot. Maybe there is an issue with that. Maybe I do have a problem with that. Like, but come on, man. You don't owe if you if you're pounding back six drinks and you don't feel nothing. Hey, man, whatever. There's your tolerance is up there, brother. You can handle it. You don't have to explain it to me. You don't owe me an explanation, man. It's not gonna make me or lose me anything if you drinking that much. But if you say something, if you're telling me how much and there's a but something right after that, to me, that means that you're explaining it to yourself. You're breaking it down for yourself so that you don't realize that you've got a problem. And that should mean something. That should hit you somewhere. It should have an effect on you. That should mean something to you. So, like, there's instances where if it's, like, where you've got to self-medicate yourself to get you through something, like, you know, people have problems with flying. For instance, Bert has a problem with flying. He's talked about multiple times to ease himself out because he's got ridiculous anxiety flying planes or when he's f flying in a plane. That's, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get your ass on that flight, man. Because if you've got a job to do, if you've got somewhere to be, and you've, you've got to take a plane to get there, you've got to do whatever it takes to make sure that you can get there. And if the way that you do it is medicating yourself in a way that's not going to put other people at risk, fucking do it, man. Do whatever puts your ass in the seat. You know, I can't judge you for that. Personally, I, I love flying. I don't have that problem. But again, it's not me. I don't have that problem. So... I honestly can't say that it's ever been something I'd have to worry about, but I know lots of people do it. And fear of flying is a totally reasonable thing. A lot of people will say, they'll throw out the old ridiculous stat, like, you're more likely to be killed by being kicked by a donkey than you are to die in a plane crash. Like, yeah, okay, maybe that's true, but how fucking often are you around donkeys? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, it, it's it just the average person here living in the city, you know, like where I live, or maybe if you want to count, like, whatever, wherever a major city is that's got an airport, 
how often is that average person going to be around a donkey to be kicked? You know what I mean? So, like, the fear of flying is a, is a lot more justifiable to a lot of people. And so, you know, in my mind, like I said, if you got to self-medicate to get in the seat, to feel comfortable, to ease through the flight, if it's even just something to knock yourself out so that you can make it through the plane ride, do what you got to do, man. It's not hurting anybody around you, you know, and as long as you don't hurt anyone around you I don't see any kind of problem with it but it's one of those things where again you're taking that self-medication to the extreme and it's a part of your everyday life and again when you normalize it that's when you recognize that you you should recognize that you have a problem and that's that's all I'm saying you know again all of this is totally spurred on by the conversation with Burt Kreischer and I, again, I don't want this to sound like I'm just I'm riffing on him because I'm totally not because I love Bert and everything that he does is hilarious and I love listening to him and I love being a part uh, of everything that he has set up, you know, between the Bert cast and all of his specials and stuff like that. He's hilarious. And so, you know... I, I don't want it to make it seem like I'm I'm speaking negatively about him because I don't I don't know his life, you know, so maybe I'm speaking out of turn, I don't see the light to everything, but at the same time, knowing if you if you could be a fan long enough, you know, and I've known about Bert for uh about a year now, and so I've been following him pretty heavily for about a year and just, you know, listening to him and stuff like that. And you just, you feel like you get to know somebody. You feel like you get to, you, you're around somebody quite a bit, you know. You you learn sort of their tendencies, the way that they just talk about their everyday life. You get little insights to it and stuff. And it just seems like his life is involved with a lot of drinking. There's a lot that go, a lot of drinking that goes on there. You know what I mean? And so, when I think about that, and then I hear somebody like him say, like, I know that I don't have a drinking problem. And it's like, you can't say that you know because, you can't say that you know you don't have a drinking problem. Because first of all, that's the first thing that anybody with a drinking problem is going to say. Like, I, don't, I know that I don't have one. I know I can, I can handle it. And it's like, man, like, like come on, dude. Like, it... You ha you have to you have to really be able to get off of it for a while, and that's whether it whether it is for a joke like a bet like this or if it's for yourself. You have to be able to get off of it. Something something you've got to want it. You know what I mean? And there has to be evidence of that. And there just isn't evidence to show. That he's ready to put it down, ready to quit. And you're just you're going at a high level. And so my biggest thing is how long can you sustain that level? Is that sustainable? And I don't think that it is. I think that it's dangerous, to be honest with you. I, I really do. I think it's dangerous. But, you know, we'll see. While we go through this challenge, or while he goes through this challenge and stuff like that, and we ride it out and, 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 and play it out with him, you know, I'll be following him on his podcast and stuff like that to see how he's, how he's going. It's all, it's through the month of October. They're going, I know that it's at least that long. So I think it's only 30 days, but I, re, I think that it was being talked about being possibly a 90 day sober kind of thing. Um, but yeah, uh, I think they call it Oxsobert because it's 
so sobert Bert sober Bert in October Oxobert. So I think that's what they settled on. But and we'll see how it goes. You know, maybe I'm maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe he can handle it. Maybe he can cut loose, and it's not gonna be a big of a deal. I, for the in all honesty, I really hope that that's it. I don't want this to be one of the things where I think that I'm wrong or where I, I hope that I'm right kind of deal. But we'll find out. We'll see how it goes. I just. I think that given as much as as much as he promotes it, as much as somebody like Bert puts it out there that he's a fun party guy, drinker and stuff like that, and the level that he maintains throughout the week, the weekend, whatever, I just don't think there's any room for somebody like that. And this is not just Bert, this is because there's millions of people that are like him, but that millions of people that's that do that there's no room for them to be able to act that way and say, no, I don't have a drinking problem. I just, I don't think there's, that you can say that. I really don't because I just, there's, I, where, I don't see a justification for that. I just, I really don't, man. I'm sorry, but I don't. And it's crazy, I guess, for me to say that. Maybe, I don't know, but I don't, I just don't know how you could not think that you do. I can expect people to really believe that. Once you tell them, once somebody knows how much you drink, once somebody knows how, how deep you are in it, I don't know how you could say, but I don't have a drinking problem, and expect somebody to really believe that. You know what I mean? But that that's just me, at least. Like I said, we'll follow him through this. You know, if if I if you're not if you haven't listened to the Burtcast, I would definitely say take a look in it. Uh, look into it because it's hilarious and he's got great guests on there and they've got great panels that they do it's 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 one of the best out there for sure so and, and we'll see how how it carries on um the next thing that i sort of wanted to go into not to make a smooth transition by any means but the next thing that i wanted to go into is climate change because right now we're in sort of a, a really sketchy place as sort of as, as far as the weather is going i mean right now there's it's a cloudy day here in central Kentucky and I'm being told and I haven't looked at at you know the map from the Himawari 8 um I haven't looked at the globe from the Himawari 8 um satellite yet that the one that takes pictures of the globe every like 10 minutes or something to see if this is the case or not but I'm being told that it's the clouds that are in above central Kentucky right now are from Hurricane Irma that it's it's that big and you know along with Hurricane um, we've Hurricane Irma we've got Hurricane Jose falling right behind and Hurricane Katia that's in um, Mexico right now it's hitting uh, Central America and a lot of people are, are using these hurricanes as fuel for saying um, this is evidence of climate change the severity of storms and you know obviously there's the shift it's not global warming it's climate change because Al Gore said that by this time we would already be under like like a foot of water and you know obviously then it came out you know he he lied about most of his data and stuff like that so you know it's one of those things you, you gotta you gotta sort of take with a grain of salt you know don't just watch the movie and inconvenient truth and say there's a problem you gotta really look into it and so, but there's other stuff that's going on too. These hurricanes are causing a problem. There's an earthquake in Mexico, which the earthquake in Mexico doesn't have anything to do with, with climate change or the hurricanes because 
human beings cannot human beings cannot affect the earth in a way that causes uh, causes an earthquake. I mean, I guess they could, but climate change is not part of earthquakes because you know earthquakes are tectonic plates rubbing up against each other, and that's that's what an earthquake is. Um, so, you know, anyway, but there's there's other stuff that's going on. You know, there's there's fires that are going on in the United States right now. And what, what really bugs me is that people are saying that these fires are due to climate change. And that's simply, that's that's just not true. To, to put it simply, it, it, it's just not true. That's not, that's not how it works. With forest fires, that's not how it works. You know, we've got lots of places right now that are on fire in the United States, and that is a tragedy. But the biggest problem with American forest fires is the fact that we do too much to put the fires out. Forest fires work in cycles, and the only reason that American forest fires are bad is because we try so hard to keep the forest fires from happening, because that's where a lot of developments are going on and where a lot of housing and stuff is. And it keeps a lot of the the dead, the the decay, it it keeps that at a really high level. And so when a forest fire jumps off after a while, it, it's really bad. It gets terrible. And that's because there's all this fuel that's laying around because the forest never got to burn itself off in the first place. Like this is this is the way that it's supposed to happen. This is how it goes. This is how it naturally occurs. There's a long period of time. The forest grows. Part of it, the new forest grows. Part of it starts to de decay. There's lots of fuel laying around on the ground. Lots of lots of dead, dry everything laying around. Something happens, there's a fire, maybe not the entire thing, but most of the forest burns up, and out of the ash comes a new forest, and it's literally like in a couple of years, there's like a new forest that, that has grown, because the soil is so fertile from the previous burn, from the forest fire burn. But what happens in the United States is because of all these developments, because of housing, uh, because of whatever infrastructure that we're working on, a forest fire sparks out, it threatens all of these things, and we rush to put it out, and it doesn't get to burn all of that fuel off. We stop the fuel, or we, we stop it from burning up the fuel. So then that means that on top of that, the soil is fertile again, somewhat fertile again, new forest is growing, more old forest is dying, creating more fuel, and then when a forest fire sparks up, it's even worse. And so we have gotten ourselves into a vicious cycle where because of these fires, it people are jumping on the bandwagon of climate change saying, well, Montana's been on fire for like a month, and it's because Trump is denying climate change. And it's like, Trump denying climate change is probably going to have a negative impact on people. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to say that him denying, he's right to deny climate change and stuff like that. And I'm not a climate change denier. I want to go ahead and get that, get that pointed out there first and foremost. I don't know enough about it to say yay or nay, to be honest with you. I really don't. Because I don't think that we should jump at the bit and say that there's a rash of hurricanes and say that it's climate change. But again, 
you know, be, because there's always been hurricanes that target all these areas that are getting hit by hurricanes right now. But again, I'm not saying that there's not any climate change because I don't know enough about it to begin with. I'm not the scientist that's working on it. And there's one big reason that I, there's one big reason that I'm not 100% invested in it like a lot of people. And I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but I want to wrap it up with this forest fire deal. There, there's no reason for people to believe that climate change has anything to do with forest fires because they're not connected in any kind of way. They're just not. Because if we let these forest fires burn out like they're supposed to, if we let them do what they are supposed to do, this won't be a problem. You let them burn, you let the forest burn like it's supposed to do, you let it kill off, burn off all of that fuel, make the make the ground, make the soil super fertile, let the new forest grow in its place, and continue the cycle. That's the way that it is supposed to work. That's how it's supposed to happen. In these areas, the Great Plains, like the United States has, where these forest fires are happening, where it is, these dry, arid temperatures where it's there's not a lot there's not very high moisture levels and stuff like that where these forest fires happen that's how it's supposed to work they're supposed to burn they're supposed to burn off all the fuel the new forest takes its place through all that growth through all that fertilization the natural fertilization and it happens over and over and over again and it's a cycle and that's how it maintains itself that is the way that the healthy forest should grow that's how it, the system is supposed to work so to look at this and say that it is a climate change issue that's simply just ridiculous you know again i don't know enough about climate change to yay or nay at 100 percent either way and i don't think there's anybody that has 100 percent all the evidence to to make a life-changing decision on it I, I really don't believe that personally but I'm also not going to be naive enough to say that there's seven and a half billion people on the earth and we're not affecting the earth whatsoever. Just because that seems ridiculous. Because there's, again, seven and a half billion of us. We're scattered across every single continent, every single patch of land on the earth. There's people on it. And there's going to be effects from that. There just, there just is. You know, I mean, we've paved the world with concrete, we're building buildings, we've got power plants, and we're driving cars and shit like that. Like, this is, you know, we, we have evolved and we're changing the earth to, make, to meet our needs. We, therefore, because of that, we are going to have an impact on the planet. Whether it's positive or negative, there's going to be a human impact. So... I, I'm totally fine with admitting that, but I'm, I will 100% stand up and say that these forest fires, the severity of them, has everything to do with human beings, but it has nothing to do with human beings and climate change. 100%. I can, and I, and I'll, I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody about that who believes that the forest fires don't have anything to do with climate change. You know? Like, if you want to have a conversation about the severity of the storms and the hurricanes and all that kind of stuff, we can have an open conversation about that, and we can go back and forth on it, and I can 100% I can lean, lean into climate change being the reason that the hurricanes are so bad. 
I've got an open mind for that kind of thing, and there's no way that I'm gonna that I'm gonna think that I know enough to say that that's 100% not the cause, because I just don't. For me to th even think that I do is really r a ridiculous claim. But at the same time, though, uh, I'm not gonna let climate change take credit for everything. You know what I'm saying? And again, I'm not a climate change denier. I just know for the for I just know for a fact because I've heard it from people that know, from you know, from geologists and from biologists and, and people that study the forest and, and, and people that are in, involved in this kind of thing that that know firsthand the the way that a forest life cycle is supposed to to take. You know, I I know. I understand from them what it means, you know, and what it is. And it doesn't, it's not climate change. It's because we won't let it burn for good reason, because people's houses will be destroyed. But at the same time, these things are going to happen. You know, you got to take that into account. When you live in an area that has forest fires, you've got to take into account you're putting yourself at danger. Buy fire insurance. You need it. You know what I mean? So. That's just, that's just part of it. And sort of, here's, to, to, to circle back around one thing that I brought up earlier about, you know, climate change. And again, I don't know enough about it to say yes or no about any of it. I haven't crunched the numbers. I don't know enough about it to, to say yes or no and to make anybody not believe it. But at the same time, this is, this is just my one piece of evidence. You know, my one piece of evidence to say that maybe... I, I don't have a problem saying that it exists. My issue is just the severity. I'll put it to you like that. My, I, I don't have a problem saying that climate change doesn't exist because I believe that climate change is a, is a thing, 100%. I, I, I would totally believe that it is, that it is a, a real factor that we as human beings have to cope with as far as our longevity on the planet. Because we have to, we have to face climate change as part of the life cycles of the earth because the earth does have a life cycle that it goes where if you want to follow the the trend of the ice age there's ice ages and then the ice recedes and there's ice ages and the ice recedes and so on and so forth that's how it works those are the cycles of the earth and and science knows this science dictates this and so with a part of those cycles again human beings are going to have an effect on that because human beings we are molding the planet to meet our needs so therefore we are going to have an effect on how those cycles take place so I 100% believe in climate change to that extent but I have an issue with what people speak to uh, or what people say the severity of our effect on climate change is because personally, when I look at it, this is this is how I think about it. This is what shakes me up a little bit as far as getting 100% invested in it to believing uh, that it is the severity that some people want us to think that it is. Because let's put it in a perspective like this. Climate change, let's, let's, let's just say this. Uh, imagine a world where climate change is not an issue. 100%. It's, it's not a problem. And everything is okay. We live in a totally green world. Green is in efficiency and stuff like that. We live in a totally green world where we're not worried about man's impact on the environment. And all that's a threat to us is the global cycles and how can we be prepared for the global cycles and so on and so forth. So going, going ahead with that, 
out of nowhere one day we the universe throws a curveball at us and there's you know we we don't see a meteor coming or an asteroid coming or something like that and it's a global killer some some armageddon type shit you know the movie armageddon type shit or whatever uh uh deep impact some stuff like that there's something a global killer is coming to earth it's going to smack the surface and we're all going to be screwed what how would how would we respond what would happen and here's my thing if something like that was going to happen in a world where something like that would happen the entire every major nation on the earth would be united to try to figure out what we can do to stop this threat to save the human race what what can we do invest all resources all time all science is going to go towards stopping this threat human advancement would stop it would it would grind to a halt in a split second as soon as we found out that this threat was happening and we would we would invest all of our energy and resources into stopping this global threat 100% now that reality or that I guess cuz it's not a reality that idea that simulation take that and copy and paste it over to today over to right now over to our situation with climate change here's my problem with believing that climate change is as, as severe as it is that the human impact is as severe as it is and it's going to it's going to have dire consequences for for us in the immediate future if it is if it's this big of an issue, if it's this big of a problem, why are we not, why, why are there holdouts? Why are there holdouts within the government? Why are there holdouts globally? Because there are people globally who do not believe that it is this big of an issue. If the evidence is there, if the numbers are pointing to it, if it really shows that it's going to be this big of a threat, why... Why are there holdouts? Why are there people that are not invested in it? Why are we not dumping all of our resources into it? If this, again, if this is a global threat, if it is a global killer, if this threatens the species, if this is going to stop human advancement on this planet, why, why aren't we dumping everything into it? Why doesn't it not seem like it's that big of a deal? Because if it was something else, because if it was an asteroid coming to smack the Earth, if climate change was the name of an asteroid that was coming to smack the Earth, if it was going to hit in the middle of the ocean, send tsunamis across the world, spew rock and ash into the sky and put us in a nuclear winter, people would be losing their minds and we would be investing all of our time and resources in how to stop that. But if climate change is just the impact that man is having on the weather and the temperature, why are we not acting like it's the same thing? Because the effect is going to be the same, right? At least that's what they're saying. The effect is going to be the same. It's, it has the same threat to us, and it's an immediate danger. Yet, there's too many people that want to act like it isn't. Too many people are, are saying that it's not that big of a deal. If this was really that big of a problem, people would be acting like it's really that big of a problem. Because, and, and not for the greater good, but because people worry about themselves. 
People would want to figure this thing out to save them, not to save everybody, to save themselves. And again, I don't want this to make it seem like I'm some crazy climate change denier that says that it's it's a total conspiracy. It's cooked up to get your money and to get you to to get you to believe in a false narrative to distract you. I'm not saying that at all because again, I 100% believe in climate change and I believe that we are having an impact on the planet. I just am sort of sketchy about the severity of our impact. That's all that I'm saying. Because again, if this was a real problem, people would be really invested in it. That is a fact. And it would be, it would not just be people, it would be all the people. Everybody would be invested in stopping this threat. Everybody would be. There would not be people with immense power holding out and saying that we don't need to be invested in this. Because again, people are about self-preservation. And again, not for everybody else, not for the greater good, but for themselves. Because if there's a threat, if there's a global threat, something that's going to destroy the human race and that's going to set the clock back on the planet and make everything reset itself and ruin everything that we've got right now, there's not one person that is going to say, enough, I don't believe in it, it's not that big of a deal, we're going to be fine. Because if everybody dies... That means everybody dies. That just doesn't mean that only a select few people that didn't believe in this stupid thing that caused it to happen are going to be able to make it through and it's going to be fine. Like, that's not what's, that's not what's going to happen. If everybody dies, nobody's going to be around to take care of themselves. So why not do whatever you can to preserve yourself and in turn help out everybody else? And my thing is the only reason for that would could be because because it's secretly not really even secretly, but because it really isn't that big of a deal. Sure, it's a big deal. It exists. It's a problem. I'm not going to say that it's not. Again, I believe that it's a thing. I just don't believe that it is as, as severe of a thing as people want to make it seem like it is. People want to make you believe that it's a much bigger problem than it is. And again, to reiterate, to come back around and say the exact same thing over again, the only reason that I think that is just because if it was that big of a problem, everybody would be 100% united on it. But because people are not 100% united on it, that gives me room to say, but if they're not, that must be because they think that they have to be invested in something else. Because... Again, to reiterate, if this was an asteroid or a comet or whatever you want to call it, a meteorite that was coming to the planet to destroy the Earth, everybody would be 100% invested in stopping it. Now, this is, a, this is a local threat that we actually have a chance to do something about, and people are not. People are not invested, and everybody is not invested in it. Maybe they're not invested in it because it's not that big of a problem. Again, I don't know. I, that's the, I, I don't know all the numbers. I haven't crunched the numbers. I haven't done all the research. I, I don't know. I'm not 100% invested, yay or nay, either either way, on, on either side of the fence. I'm not. You know, I'm walking the fence right now. All I can say is just that one big piece of evidence, to me, that leads me to believe that it's not as severe as people think, is just that if it was that big of a problem... Why isn't everybody united against it? And right now, the only evidence that people have to say 
the only evidence that people have to say about why everybody's not invested in it is because the people that aren't invested in it are just stupid. They're just choosing not to realize it. They're just believe, they just think it's a conspiracy. And I'm sorry, but I just refuse to believe that there there are some really dumb people out there. But I refuse to believe that there if there is this big global threat, if there is something that's going to cause this big problem, that people would be that stupid to deny it. I just I don't think that's a real thing. You know what I mean? I just I just don't think so. Because and and maybe you could use the hurricane as evidence to say there's a hurricane coming. People are, there's a devastating hurricane coming. People are saying we need to evacuate, and there's stupid people that are staying through that. So where's your evidence for that? And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of stupid holdouts that are staying, but a lot of those stupid holdouts are going to make it. There's not going to be a lot of fatalities from this hurricane. Like, I'm sorry. The people that are staying, a lot of them are going to make it. People are going to die, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people are going to live. And that's the thing, is that there's too much evidence on either side to say that this is not a surefire thing. For at least from what I know right now. Now I again, I haven't seen I haven't done the research, so I if there if it's out there, I haven't seen the damning evidence personally. And I'm not going to say that it's not out there. I'm just going to say that I haven't seen it. So I just have no issue with acknowledging that it's a problem. I just have an issue investing 100% of my time and energy to say that it is the problem because there's other stuff that I personally have to worry about that affect me more right now than climate change does. And maybe that's part of the problem with why people are saying we should get more invested in it because there's too many people with that mindset that are causing the issue. But I just feel like, again, if this really was that serious, dire issue, it, I, I just, I think that it would be different. You know, I think that we would have a different outlook on it. I really do. But, you know, I could be wrong. If you've got it out there, if, if you're the person with the evidence, if you've got what, if you've got what it takes to show me and to get me to believe, I'm totally open to it. And show me, please, because... I want to think that I can keep an open mind and I can be an underst a reasonable, understanding person. So if I can see if the evidence can point me in a certain direction to get me to believe a certain truth, then I want to jump on that. I want to jump on that, you know. But at the same time, I'm going to leave my mind open to the other side because you you can't ever 100% know about certain things, you know. You just can't. Eventually, maybe we will. But right now, where we are, you, you just can't. And so my mind is a little bit open to each side, and I'm skeptical. And I think that that's the reasonable place that every good person has to be. I think that to be safe and to cover all your bases, you've got to be a skeptic. You have to be skeptical because if you get 100% invested in one point of view, then you're leaving yourself 100% and totally open to the other side and the advantage that they could take on you. So you've got to be skeptical. You've got to protect yourself. Be a skeptic. It, it, it's good for you. It's healthy, you know? So, I don't know. That's just my, my two cents for today. You know, if again, if, you, if you've got the evidence, if you've got an opinion, if you've got a preference, let me know. Tell me. Give me, give me some information. Give me what you got. I, I would totally appreciate it. I would totally take it in, and I would totally value it.
you know, so let me know what you've got to say. If you've got any, if you've got any suggestions or tips or, or whatever, you, if you just want to say something, please let me know. I'd love to hear it. I'd love for you to be a part of it with me. And I, like I said, I definitely value the opinion. And if you've got enough to sway me one way or another, I'm definitely down to, to being a part of it, to hearing it from you. So, um, as always, guys, thanks for listening. And um, hit me up if you've got any kind of information on Twitter at The Real Perry. You guys have a great day.